0: This podcast was recorded on the lands of the Boonwurrung people of the Kulin Nation. The land on which I am lucky enough to raise my son always was and always will be Aboriginal land. This episode of Witching Hour is brought to you by Mama Miller, creators of genuinely leak-proof bralettes and camis that are not only functional but beautiful too. In fact, I am feeding in my bralette as we speak and you may have even just heard some little sucking noises. I nearly did a re-record and handed my baby posy over to my husband. But then I thought, how fitting is this? Feeding my baby in total style and comfort, knowing there's no bad leaks, no stains in my singlets or tops coming my way because I am wearing my Mama Miller bralette. Each day, I religiously rotate between the bralette and the cami. And if you head to readyornot.pod on Instagram before Monday the 4th of March, you can enter our giveaway to win your very own set too. Head to mama millercom that's mama spelled M-U-M-M-A, to shop the collection of highly considered products. Hello and welcome to Witching Hour, the podcast that looks at what's exciting, delighting, intriguing and frustrating us when it comes to making work, work. I'm Lucinda and gee, I thought my out-of-breathness was just pregnancy, but maybe it's just life. Posy is on my chest... He's hoping she doesn't make
1: much noise. I'm lost and it's not just life. That is, Um, no, it is just life. That's what I meant to say. <laughs> S- sorry. I'm in London. It's very late here. <laughs> Good news story for today. I've got a couple. So dads now make up one in five stay-at-home parents in the US. It's a, a 600% increase from 1989, which is huge. One in five, for me, does actually seem like quite a big number but it should be so much more. I think it's just that my expectations are so low. It actually does seem
0: like a big number. I know a lot of dads who do a lot, but not- Stay at home. Do I know any stay at home dads? I don't think I do. Maybe they drop one day a week of work, but I don't think I know a single stay at home dad. Neither do I, which
1: should be my mission to find one. I found one on Instagram recently who I want to interview for ready or not. So, so I should do that. Perfect. Other thing is there's been this whole Taylor Swift movement over the last couple of days, weeks, months, years, you know, it has been <laughs> ongoing. But for those of you who don't know, which is probably no one in the population, but it was myself up until a week ago, the Taylor Swift Errors tour is exclusively streaming on Disney+. Plus. In three weeks' time, so on the 15th of March, I took Sienna to see the, uh, not the Taylor Swift movie, but like some form of Taylor Swift concert at the movies a couple of months ago, and it was unbelievable. She loved it. So if you haven't already, do a girl's day, get your kids involved, have a little at-home theater session, bring out the popcorn, It is. Excellent. And at least that way, if the kids need to go to the toilets, in your own home. Because while we're at the movie, Sienna pooed her pants and it was a whole debacle. Sorry. Much easier Ooh. when it's in your own home.
0: Yeah. Ray mm. actually pooed on the floor in the bathroom last night, Hayden told me. Luckily I had no part in it, but that is <laughs> yummy. <laughs> so I'm glad that he had to deal with that. I could not believe how swept up I've been in everything, Taylor Swift. I'm getting goosebumps every time I see a social reel or a news piece about her concerts. The amount of joyful young girls, joyful families, dads taking their daughters. When you see everyone holding up their phone lights in a dark stadium, I'm such a dork that that, you know, brings joy. But geez, I've been getting the goosebumps and I can't believe it because I'm not an OG Swifty. So I'll probably be watching that.
1: Yeah, also the amount that it um, has contributed to the economy is un-bloody believable. I don't have the figures, but I should find them out for next week's episode because it's mind-blowing. It is incredible the effect that it's had.
0: It's incredible because I always am 10% negative. One thing I do have to say that doesn't sit well with me <laughs> is that she's producing more carbon emissions from her flying around the oh, world here in a we go. jet than anyone in the world so I do wish she'd, she'd sort that out some way but I don't really know how she's meant to get around besides a private jet when you're as busy as she is so hopefully she she's plenty she some trees with all that
1: money. That's for sure.
0: Today sleep impacts women's workplace ambitions more than men research shows. It's alarming to read but I guess it's not surprising is it? And Loz live from London. We might talk a little bit about what it was like to get to London and the mental gymnastics around that. But not only that, she's also returned to paid work. So alongside producing Witching Hour with me and doing all of our partnerships, she's returned to, I believe, three days a week of paid work. So we're going to hear all about that.
1: Lozzie, take it away. Sleep impacts women's workplace ambitions more than men. A new study out of Washington State University in the US indicates that sleep quality impacts women's moods and changes how they feel about advancing in their careers. When women are getting a good night's sleep and their mood is boosted, they are more likely to be orientated in their daily intentions towards achieving status and responsibility at work. As for men, the two-week-long survey study of 135 workers in the US showed that their ambitious workplace aspirations were not impacted by their quality of sleep.
0: Interesting. So we're talking about if men and women had like-for-like sleep. We're not talking about the fact that in motherhood or parenthood more mums are probably having a bad night's sleep. We're talking about the way it actually affects
1: men versus women. Yes, in this case, that's right. Wow the great british bedtime report by the sleep council i would i would love to work for that council also showed some interesting stats around sleep and job performance a one hour increase in the amount of sleep a mother has improves their employment prospects by four percent it also they say correlates to a seven percent increase in the number of hours they work wow and an impressive 11 percent rise in household income that's huge Alongside that, there's also a 1%, which is pretty minute increase in job satisfaction. But I suppose if you've had a bit more sleep, you're probably happier at work. Yeah, you're just happier in life. I think what I found fascinating or of the most interest to me is that let's just say you're in a situation like myself where you got made redundant on mat leave and you're probably not getting optimal sleep overnight. It means that if you're not getting that sleep, you're less likely to be employed probably because you're so tired that you're either a not applying or b when you're getting to that interview stage you're exhausted and your brain's not operating at a capacity where you can effectively answer the questions or so
0: true you're off your game yeah you're off your game and do you know also i did read on instagram the other day that a survey shows that parents lose a total of 133 nights of sleep in the baby's first year so if you don't have 12 months of maternity leave that is seriously going to be impacting how you could show up in the workplace. That's a third of the year. That's a lot. This is really interesting. I never knew that women needed more sleep than men, but I've found a report by the Sleep Foundation that says women need on average 11 additional minutes of sleep each night, which doesn't sound like much. But if you start to build that up over a lifetime, over a year, over a week, that's obviously <laughs> It's a lot. It's a lot. So women are more likely to experience insomnia, anxiety, and depression that can result in sleep problems, probably from the mental load of everything they're juggling at home. (laughs) Hormonal changes can impact circadian rhythm and affect an individual's need for sleep. Studies have shown women fall asleep faster and spend more time in deep sleep,
1: suggesting a greater need for sleep. I did not know this. There you go. Well, we all kind of know that with sleep, it's vital for every system or sleep supports nearly every system in your body. So the rejuvenation that you get from sleeping affects your cardiovascular system, your immune system. Like if you've got less sleep, I don't know if you found this, but when I remember when Zave was really little because I wasn't getting much sleep and he was getting sick. I was then getting sick, probably because I was so run down. 100%. Yeah. But it also affects your ability to think clearly, learn new information and manage your emotions, which you would know also Lou, because when you don't sleep, when people say things to you like, Oh, you're doing a great job. You're like, I could just cry right now.
0: Oh, yeah. I could cry all the time. I pretty much have tears in my eyes every single day for either good or bad reasons. And that's why I refuse to watch your show one day because, as I said, I will drown people with my (laughs) tears. And I've heard since from others how emotional that last, I think the last episode is, and I simply cannot go there. Oh, it's
1: so good, the last episode, my Lord. The reason why... I was curious in the beginning to learn more about the research behind, if you need more sleep as a female and how sleep changes, obviously, once you have a newborn baby and the effects of that on work is because one of our listeners wrote in and was asking about sleep training. Lou, did you sleep train Ray? Obviously you haven't slept, you haven't done sleep training with Posey. I'm assuming considering she's what, how old are we now? Five weeks? She'll be six weeks to the date when this goes live. Gosh.
0: So she'll be six ne- weeks next Monday. And yeah, she's sleep trained. What do you mean? She's sleeping in perfect blocks, <laughs> eight hours overnight. It's all perfect over here. No, I have not sleep trained Posey, as you know. Ray, look, in the early days, I didn't. I reckon it took me until he was a terrible day sleeper to go, I think I need to put a routine around this. Yeah. And that was probably a bit later than most people at about seven, eight nine months. Okay, And then the extent to my sleep training was really just following wake windows and just persevering. I saw a really great quote on Instagram the other day for those parents that were stressed out like I was, that their kid just wasn't sleeping. And it said, your job isn't to make your child sleep. It is to offer your child sleep, which is exactly what I followed really loosely. It was just following those awake windows, offering the sleep, Bagging my head against a wall when it didn't work and then trying again. One thing I will say for Ray, he's definitely not a kid that needs much sleep. It doesn't affect his mood. It's more just about the frustration of me not having a break when a baby, say, of six months should or could sleep three to four times a day, for example. So it was more my frustrations of having no time rather than him needing sleep and then being a mess late afternoon when he didn't get it.
1: Yes. I did sleep train with Sienna. Uh, I went back to work with her at eight months and I probably started sleep training. Oh, I reckon it was like f- five months. But what I will say about Sienna is that similar to this person that wrote in, but I genuinely think I had like a really good sleeper for the first kid. And it tricked me into this false sense of security. And it- Actually made me think at the time, what is everyone complaining about? It is not that bad. So I never used to wake up like five or six times a night. Like it could have been once or twice, which I think for me was manageable. But then I had Zave and no joke. It was like karma hit me in the face. And I thought, what is wrong with this child? Why does he not sleep? You got a ray the second time around. I was horrific. It broke me. I ended up going to sleep school for it because I just... I think the the point where I, I w- was thinking to myself, well, I can't continue like this, is I remember a girlfriend came over and all I could think about when she was over was her leaving. Please go home so that I can sleep. I can't even remember the conversation because my brain was so fixated on her leaving so that I could get like a quick 10-minute sleep. And I, I honestly remember her coming, talking like blah, 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 blah and me being like, okay. <laughs> I actually don't know what you said. And when she left, she was like, oh, so nice to see you. I, I was like, get out. Please get out. I've never been less interested in you. <laughs> <laughs> Does awful. this person
0: know? Should we name her? No, I'm kidding. No,
1: no, no. It, was, it wasn't her, clearly. I mean, the conversation was riveting. It's just that I was so tired and deprived of sleep that I don't remember it. So to answer this person's question when she was like, I'm not sure what to do. Do you sleep train? There's heaps of different methods. There's heaps of different opinions on it. Neither you nor I are experts, but I genuinely think it comes down to your coping ability. Like, can you cope without lack of sleep? Is it bothering you? Can you get on with your daily tasks, jobs, things that you need to do? And do you have the time to invest in sticking to some form of routine roughly to facilitate sleep? There is no point if it's it's not going to work for you. Oh, I've just been vomited down my back. Stunning, humbling oh mother
0: moment here. Uh, no one can see this, but my baby is over my shoulder. Oh. Things are a little bit weird on these parts. But I couldn't agree more. I must admit with hindsight, probably thought I was very cool, calm and collected. Relax, mum. Take the baby anywhere. Who cares? And then I was like, oh, there's a reason people stay at oversleep times. <laughs> it helps. <laughs> it sets routines. It sets them up to then know when sleep is meant to occur. So I feel like I got a bit of a smack of reality right in the face there. So I agree. It's totally up to your capacity and what works for you as well. I think there's some parents out there that need that sense of control and need it probably more around that four month mark of like, this is when sleep is happening and I like routine and this works for me. Me, I was probably more loosey goosey and I wouldn't necessarily take it back, but it didn't set me up well. I don't think eight months down the track when I was like, all right some day sleep would be great now.
1: (laughs) And on that, Lou, I will also say now having a three-year-old, sleep is one of those strange things that there's like a sweet spot, I think. And I think that sweet spot is like anywhere between, I'd almost say like two and three years old. And I'll tell you why. You do your sleep training and then for a couple of months, you're like, oh, my kid's sleeping through the night, whatever that might look like for you, like sleeping through the night looks different to everybody else. But then what happens is like molars, eye teeth, daycare sickness, and it kind of goes up and down, right? And all of a sudden it gets to two and they've got like most of their teeth and you're like, oh, okay, this is feeling good. And then they get to three and they start getting out of their cot and then into their bed. By which stage from that two to three-year-old period, you're probably thinking to yourself, I could do this. I, I could have another one. So you might give yourself six months of like A plus quality, excellent sleep. You may decide to have another kid and then that goes whoa, all the way back to zero. Or you might decide to move that child, your child, to a bed. And then guess what? <laughs> it starts all over again. Talk to me about moving
0: a baby to a bed because that terrifies me that Ray will one day be able to be like,
1: might just get up and see what mum and dad are doing at 1am. We had, we've had a really weird experience. So for us, Sienna dropped her day nap at two, two years and one month. I was like, this can't be happening. Like this is weird. Unsurprising with hindsight. She's a go-getter. Yeah. She, she just didn't want to do it. And I wasn't going to sit there for half an hour with her screaming, get me out, get me out. Around two and a half, she started getting out of her cot Everyone's like, try this, try that. Put her sleep suit on backwards. Tick, did that. Put a t-shirt over her sleep suit. Tick, did that because she ended up swiveling it around and getting off her sleep suit backwards. So I was like, okay, put a t-shirt over the sleep suit backwards, like a full straight jacket. Then what happened is she started like flinging her legs up to try and get over the cot. It got to a stage where she got out once and Ryan was like, if she continues to do that, she's going to break her neck. Like it's so unsafe. We have to move her to a bed. Moved her to a bed for the first month, I would say. Bliss. Bliss. Did we need to lie next to her for her to go to sleep? Occasionally. Whatever. You got to do it. It was quite sweet to begin with. It was so bizarre. She, it's like she had not realized that she could get out of her bed. Oh, and then one day she realized. So she would say things like, mom mom and I'd be like okay fine like I'll go in no problem I was like this isn't so bad like she doesn't get out of her bed Ryan and I thought oh this is excellent like we've nailed this like it's not as bad as what everybody says (laughs) then one month in she figured it out she thought to herself why the hell am I sitting in here when I can get out there is no barrier between me and my parents what are they up to what are they dreaming about I will go find out lo and behold (laughs) your sleep goes all the way back because in the middle of the night she gets scared. We've got a nightlight. And for those asking, we've got every nightlight. We've got the glow dreaming. We've got a moon shape. I've got a star shade. I've got a ballerina. I've got a peer. i got the lot. we you've got too many lights on in our room. <laughs> oh, my God, please stop. joke. Turn them off. I've turned them on. I've got colours. I've got music. I've got the whole lot. Turns out sometimes she just wakes up and she's scared and she wants mum or whatever. And then one of us has to either sleep in there or, you know, rub her back back to sleep or whatever it might look like. But what I'm trying to say is, The end goal of having a kid that sleeps through the night is such a great goal, but just know that... Ebbs and flows, baby. Exactly. So we need to take the pressure off. A lot of it's surprising. I don't think any of us think about
0: this until someone else says it, but a lot of our self-worth is tied up into how our children behave and act in different ways, and sleep is obviously a huge part of that. We're so programmed to think that sleeping through is just normal because as adults we've done it for 25 plus years, depending on your age, but we need to just expect less yeah, and do what you need to do to make you feel better about sleep. If that's having a routine from four months, perfect. If that's flying by the seat of your pants until it breaks you like I did, go for it. (laughs) But you need to find what works for you and lower your expectations because we cannot force our children to sleep. And I genuinely believe that They are the type of sleeper they are. I was never a huge sleeper. I was always arguing about not going to bed at night. I remember it, not as a baby, obviously. My memory's terrible. But as a (laughs) kid, I remember it. Don't make me go to bed. I could play a whole nother game of netball now. I'm not tired. That's what I used to say. And Sienna is obviously the opposite of that, except for obviously her transition phases. So you need to know what type of sleeper you are. Then you need to think about what type of person you are in terms of what do I want to do within my control? And then you almost need to just drop the bloody pressure.
1: Yeah. And I also think when it comes to work and when you're returning to work, it be- it can become this enormous thing that you think about because it is so consuming. You're like, oh, okay, I'm going to go back to work. I've got all these extra stuff to do. I need to get sleep and you can become a bit obsessive with what it looks like. Sometimes at work, you are going to have a shit day. You're going to be tired. You're going to feel exhausted. That's okay. Other people are going to feel exactly the same as you let it go don't underpin this whole exhaustion simply on your kid not sleeping it's there's so many factors that contribute to it and then just pray that the next night is better and if it's not maybe consult get a sleep consultation or maybe do your research with like different techniques that might work but again with sienna with sleep training i reckon i tried four different techniques one stuck the rest did not work for her so it's kind of trial and error again
0: Stress also plays a huge part in this, I think. I used to get more stressed about sleep before, say, a big workday. And because I'm a freelancer, my workdays are all over the shop. One will just be working from home, cruisy as, one meeting online, the rest is just working for myself. Does it matter as much if I've had a bad night's sleep? Probably not as much. Next week will be a studio shoot where I work as a freelance producer that's like going to be a 12-hour shoot where I want to look nice. I'm the producer on the set. It matters more how I've slept the night before. In those instances, I reckon I've had the worst night's sleep the night before ever, probably because I'm a bit more stressed and wanting that sleep to go well. But I remember one night specifically being like, you cannot control when Ray wakes. Just forget about it. The next day, was I tired? Yes, of course I was tired, but I tried my best not to pin so much pressure
1: on having this great night's sleep, but I genuinely think that that helps. Yeah, for workplaces, particularly if you have new mums returning to the workplace, what are some of the things that you can do to boost performance for women? Studies show time and time again that flexible work schedules are what facilitates performance, particularly for returning to work mothers. The other thing which I did find a little bit surprising was on-site exercise facilities have also been shown to help improve, I don't think it's sleep necessarily, but it's endorphins perhaps oh yeah the endorphins make you happy the happy
0: feeling and happy people don't kill their husbands they just don't well if anyone <laughs> dms me what movie that's
1: off we're gonna be best friends <laughs> so this is this is another thing that a lot of organizations could do um, whether it's a gym membership or whether it's a car membership or whether it's having facilities on site for women it is proven to help with performance particularly in the early days so there's some little handy tips Okay, Lozzie, you've just recently
0: returned to paid work, which is on top of the work we already do through Ready or Not slash Witching Hour. And you have two kids, so just a little bit going on for you. Lay it out for me. What does the kids' care schedule each week look like? How many days of paid work have you returned to? And what is the breakdown of working from home versus on-site?
1: Okay, so I am working three days a week, which is a privilege I'm very aware of. My two kids are going to daycare and kinder three days a week. And then the other two days, I have one day with my daughter and then one day with my son individually. And then my dad does one day with my son and one day with my daughter. So it's all over the shop. When it comes to where I'm working from, seems quite flexible. My preference actually, believe it or not, is to be in the office at least once a week. I'm usually in twice a week working one day a week from home. I find that to be a good combo for two reasons. Number one, working from home, I get so much shit done. I know that people say, oh, you know, you do housework and whatever else on top of that, which is true. Of course you do because you're sitting in your own home. But I tend to log on earlier because I'm not doing any commute. I tend to not have a lunch break because I'll be like stuck on something and I just want to get it finished. And I just find it so much easier to like plow through simple tasks. However... Being in the office, having not been in the office for such a long time, is so good to form a deeper connection with people, to actually feel like I'm contributing, to get that sense of recognition or acknowledgement for the work that I'm doing. And to talk to adults when you're so used to talking to kids. Absolutely. And in all seriousness, like it is amazing just to be around other people and feel that social connection, which... You get with your mum friends, like you get with your gal pals, but it is a different feeling when you're going into work. Like it's a different form of appreciation, I think personally. So I'm enjoying that part of it. And the conversation is
0: different because if your original friends are also mothers, and then you've got your mum friends, there's still a lot of conversation that's skewed around your children. When you enter a workplace, you might have little niceties about your families, but then you move on to other stuff, either what you're doing at work or your personal lives that don't really revolve around your kids, I find. I'm surprised how much I enjoy now. And I live about an hour or more on the way home from the CBD. But on the days that I need to be in a studio or working with people,
1: I love it. Even with the commute, like I I absolutely love doing it. I love that balance. I will say that I have found it more difficult than I anticipated with drop-offs and pickups, factoring in a commute, it's quite stressful. Like, I didn't actually think it would be that hard. I can already see that because even
0: the one drop-off I've done, I was like, wow, there's a lot of things that need to happen to get out of the door and I'm on mat leave, so I'm not even making myself look nice and going somewhere
1: after that and I'm already finding, wow, dropping two kids off somewhere is quite wild. But it's more so for me that it actually eats into your own time. So I'm having to get up earlier, which everybody has to do, so it's not as if it's like a rarity, But for me it is because I haven't been in paid work for a year. So I'm having to get up earlier to get ready, to get my kids ready, to do their lunch boxes, to drop them at kinder and daycare, to do the commute in. It's just I can understand why people say there is a mental load attached to it because it just feels like quite a tight-oiled machine to get your kid out the door. Yes, I'm finding that
0: even now. Like Posey obviously is just coming with me to take Ray to daycare, but I'm like, wow, there is a lot to this.
1: Getting out the door is a huge feat. Someone started a conversation with me the other day that was about something important that I know that they needed done at quarter past five. And genuinely, all I could think about was watching the clock because I had to pick up both of my kids by six. I had to factor in traffic and I ended up saying, I'm so sorry, like I cannot, I have to go. That's such a hard one, isn't I couldn't it? I could push the boundary because yeah. I, I'm... I'm thinking to myself, daycare closes. I, I actually need to get out the door. It's not That's a. That's
0: one of the most stressful things. And I've been so lucky that anyone I freelance for is really understanding. But if you had a less understanding workplace and you quite literally need to get out the door because those daycare educators need to get home, they finish at a certain time, they close the center. It really adds the pressure to it. So I don't want to go into this too far because I want to do a proper ready or not episode with you in a month or so. But just as a little teaser, in the very early days, you've only been back for a few weeks now. Tell us what have been your biggest challenges, which I feel like we've touched on, but let's go a little bit deeper. And then what has
1: been most exciting, rewarding, enjoyable about returning to paid work? Biggest challenges daycare sickness. I don't think that's any surprise to anyone. Also, challenges are kindergarten hours, which are cooked. Yeah, they really don't support mums working in the workplace. <laughs> nah, and also, and also, things that you just don't think about like I stupidly didn't realize that for community-based kinders or private kinders you do not have care during school holidays as a three-year-old and then obviously when you're looking into holiday programs for three-year-olds they don't start until they're four four. oh fuck. so it's like what
0: the frick am I meant to do with my kid uh, even just the mental gymnastics of their three sort of holidays during the year obviously we have the summer one as well but if we look at the three two-week holidays that's a lot of extra mental gymnastics of like what are you going to do during those three
1: times two-week gaps while I'm working exactly and I would say the other thing would be dinners oh my god I've never been less excited to eat a dinner like I just can't be bothered like here's your dino nuggies with your peas and some chopped up cucumber and I'll most likely eat your scraps Yeah, I might eat an egg (laughs) on toast at best. I can totally understand that. Again,
0: I'm so privileged that my work is so flexible because the idea of picking kids up from daycare, like from an office to get home, that hasn't happened to me too much. There's been days, but for the most part, Hayden does the pickup on his way back and I'm already working from home that rush would be so stressful of like, I'm trying to get you by 5.30 to get you home by six. And then I've got to do dinner, bath and bed in like an hour, an hour and a half.
1: Exactly. But I don't even think it's the workplace. As in the workplace that I'm working for is amazing, like very focused on mothers of all genders of well-being. Like it's a very progressive workplace, but it's more just, I think I was a bit naive in all the additional steps required, particularly, I'm not saying for one or two, I think it would most likely be the same for one, but I feel like I did it with Sienna and it just, maybe it's because I haven't done it for a year and I feel a bit out of touch, but my God, like it is much more difficult than what i anticipated
0: but it's getting two kids out the door like that's huge and also it's interesting the way you mentioned the workplace i don't necessarily mean that workplaces are all putting pressure on us to stay till a certain time but it must be frustrating that you can't if you want to agreed like you know if you're working on something really exciting back in the day i would have stayed at the office till 7 30 and is that good i'm not sure but did i enjoy it yeah sometimes i really did and having that flexibility i'll order a on the way home Or maybe I'll call that girlfriend that lives around the corner from my office and see if they're free for dinner because I'm already here. So it's all of that sort of stuff. It's not just
1: the have tos. It's the frustrations of, oh, my old work life looked very different to this. It's true. That is true. Uh, Things that I have really relished in would be being in an office, meeting new people, just having conversations about stuff that I feel is more complex than changing an appy. That has been nice. Okay, so it's a double edged sword. In some ways, I hate the commute because it's a pain in the ass. I hate sitting in traffic. But then in other ways, it's so nice to also have that time to yourself to like listen to a podcast or like listen to the radio. I haven't listened to the radio in like five years. It's wild. Yeah,
0: I've never loved traffic more. It takes me about an hour and 10 minutes to get to one of the studios or offices that I work for. It probably takes me two hours to get home. And I genuinely do not mind that time anymore, whereas I used to bloody hate it because I put on a podcast. There's no
1: one yelling at me. It's stunning. I love it. It's a love-hate. It's a love-hate. I love being able to get like a tea or a banana or like a cookie or something. <laughs> I just
0: picture you. Yeah, don't pretend
1: that you're not getting a biscuit,
0: Lozzie. <laughs> I'm definitely getting a biscuit
1: yeah
0: i actually i really
1: enjoy that like i love being able to go into work and sit in desk. it's like
0: the most depressing office kitchen and you're just like this place rules. this is great <laughs> this is what work is all about this is, this is me it's actually <laughs> so, me so now oh, i excellent. want to get to you going to london so ryan is in london yes. for work. Oh. you decided darling you are not leaving the kids without me i am jumping on board Longest you've ever left the kids, especially probably Zave. Yeah. Talk to us about it. Again, I don't want to go too deep because I think we'll touch on this when we do the Ready or Not episode. So a little bit of a teaser. I'm sorry, everyone. But tell us about the mental gymnastics it took to get there, how long you're there for, what you found hard, and what's been really enjoyable about having some time overseas in London.
1: How good's that? Without your children. All right. So it was cooked actually organizing it was so messed up for anybody that knows my partner he's so disorganized so for months he was like oh i might need to go to london for work just not sure when i was like oh i'm coming like absolutely for a hundred percent like i will be there thanks for asking me <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> can't wait and he was like and it obviously that comes with accommodation. so i was like well, "It's not an additional cost which is great because we've got family here well ryan has family here so he was saying, you know, for months and months, oh, you know, I might have to go to London. I was like, great. Like we can stay with family, have fun, blah, blah. Two weeks before we left, he's like, oh, I'm going to book our flights to London. And for Ryan, and it's not to diminish his responsibilities in parenthood because he's an amazing dad and wouldn't say equal, but you know, he's, he's progressing quite well, but it's just so funny the way that the men versus women's brains work. So for example, he's like, I'm going to book our flights. Do you like these flights? Do you think Leo's okay? And I was like, when do you think you're booking them? Like, what are the dates? Like, I need to look at my calendar. Okay, Sienna starts kindergarten at this time. Mm. So she started kindergarten as we left. Wow. And Zay started daycare. It was his second week of daycare, which the, he, he was there for one day, licked the floor and got sick. So I was like, this is going to be an absolute disaster. But for Ryan, like in his mind, he's like, la, la, la. <laughs> These are the dates we're going to London. Let's go look at the big thing. Yeah. <laughs> la, 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 la. No. And for me, I'm like, a thousand thoughts. I genuinely, so my brother and his partner are looking after Sienna and Dave. Husband now. Yeah, they're Crazy, mazzed. Crazy, I can't believe I said that. Yeah, they're mazzed. Lol. <laughs> That's what I used to say
0: to people when we were getting married because I felt so awkward about talking about my wedding. So I'd be <laughs> I don't know why. I'm it's so buzzed. weird. <laughs> they're incredible, and they've done a lot of caring for the kids before. Just for that context of like I was, you know, absolutely like very familiar. It's not like they haven't come to your house and look after looked after the kids before.
1: No, 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 no. They're they're amazing. But I have a full schedule that is like I went to the extent. I'm not joking you, of when we left on our flight, like David and Justin came over, and. I said, oh, just to let you know, like, okay, so here's the rubbish bins to put on Monday night. And like, I went through every cupboard in our house. Oh, so this is the cupboard where you can find the spoons and this is um a bottle cupboard and this is the kids' cupboard. And here's the plates. Like, my brother and David have been to our house a hundred <laughs> times. Like, what was I doing? You were just a bit nervous to leave probably and so you were trying to control as much as you could. And then Ryan said to me, we, we need to leave for the airport. I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. He's like, no, 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 like, now? I'm like, okay. But... Yeah, just the logistics was wild. Everything has gone really well while we've been away. Obviously, I miss my kids and it's so funny. It's such a double-edged sword. So obviously being in London, I'm like, oh my gosh, I have all this time to myself. Like I'm doing some remote work from here, which is great. But I'm like, I'll have some free days. I'm going to see an exhibition and I'll do all this shopping. First day I go shopping, what do I buy? It's clothes. Absolutely. Like crazy. And the funniest thing I would say is just before we left, I was getting really worked up about all everything in all my cupboards to show off, not show off, but you know, go through like a freak. Um, and I said, Ryan's like, "All right, we've got to go now." I am like, "Okay." I said to Sienna, "All right, Mummy's gonna go now. Like, we're gonna go to London. We'll be back." You know, just try and explain it. She goes, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, can you bring me a fairy, a, a rainbow unicorn fairy?" And then because Ryan had said, we'll bring you a present. And she's like, yeah, yeah, the rainbow unicorn fairy. And <laughs> Ryan goes, you don't have to, Sienna, you don't have to decide right now. You can take your time. She's like, the fairy, the rainbow like unicorn I know what fairy. I want. Have we met? <laughs> I know. What, I'm a woman that knows Jesus. what I want. And so then we left and she was like, bye. So she didn't care at all. She did not oh, that's
0: care. so good for your sake. So
1: how were you emotionally? Oh, I cried. we got in the cabin? I was like, yeah. I feel bad. And Ryan's like, well, shut up. up. You'll be fine. Yeah. And then I FaceTimed her. Like, we FaceTimed her every day. FaceTimed her the other day. And she's, have you seen the Queen? Are you seeing the Queen? I'm like, oh doll. Queenies no queen longer, dead, but... darling
0: Queen is no longer darling Don't tell her that. But that might just... make her cry. She won't cry about it her just... mother leaving for London, <laughs> but she might cry about the Queen dying.
1: It just goes to show. Sometimes I know that kids do miss you and of course they miss you like nothing replaces a mom or a dad or any kind of closeness that you've got with a relative with your children but life goes on like she's got her routine she's in a structure she's wearing a ballet outfit every day to a non-existent ballet class like she's thriving it's more so me that's concerned. Yeah, so how are you feeling in the
0: day-to-day? When you go to bed at night or you wake up in the morning, that's whenever if I've been away from the kids, or not Posey, I haven't been away from Posey. When I've been away from Ray in the past, that's when I feel like you miss them a little bit more. Tell us about the joys and the challenges, I
1: guess, of this first more decent time away from your kids.
0: How many days are
1: are you away, actually? Let's lay out that context. Um, only Only, how funny is that? I am away for 10 nights. Wow. And 10 days, I guess. Yeah, amazing. That's pretty Yeah, decent. so it's a decent amount of time. You. Yeah, it is. And Zave is 14 months and Sienna is three, at three and a half. She'll tell you she's five, but she's three and a half. <laughs> yeah, like emotionally I feel good about it. I know that they're in really good hands. I know that it would be horrid coming here with kids in all seriousness. Like there's lots of little joyful things that you could do, like amazing museums and like beautiful gardens and parks. But the reality is she's not going to remember it. And it's just not, in my eyes, like the tube, for example, is not built yeah. for children. Like it, it would be impossible to take a pram. There's like not very many lifts, a thousand stairs. Zave is way too little and Sienna just doesn't have the attention span and the jet lag is pretty tough, yeah. particularly for a little one. But I feel okay. Like I speak to them all the time. I'm, I'm actually surprised at how doable it is once you're here. I think it's the anxiety and nervousness leading up and then potentially coming home. Cause I'll be so desperate. Like at the end, you know, when you're on the flight, you're like, Oh, I just want to get home. I just want to get home and see them. But then when you're actually here and you know, they're in safe hands and you know, they're fine. I don't know. You're like, wow, this is so doable and it's so nice and everyone's happy. So what was I so stressed about? i'm the exact same
0: i think the anticipation of returning to work of going away all of those things are worse than the actuality of it i know that's not the same for every single person but i've said to mum a few times and to hayden and to whoever i'm away with when we have been away from ray i love him more than anyone on this planet including posy of course now do not get me wrong but when i'm away i can't believe how much i forget about him yeah You get back to your old self and you're like, wow, I really deserve this. And I know some people probably can't cut themselves that much slack and that sucks because it obviously can be really hard being away from your kids. But I'm
1: the exact same as
0: once I'm gone. I'm the old gal that I used to be.
1: Well, I would say, I mean, it's a bit pathetic. Like Ryan and I went out for dinner last night to this delicious Indian place. My God, it was was 10 out of 10. What was it called? I can't even... I'm going to, I don't know what it's called. We'll have to put in the show notes. You'll have to tell us just in case anyone's going to London. Dishir or something. Holy moly. It, the vibe was so good. It was amazing. And reasonably priced, which for London is astronomical because the pound is double. Jesus. Or like one Australian dollar is two. No, one pound is two Australian dollars. Gosh. Yeah. Well, that is yeah, double or half, whatever. <laughs> Either way, it sounds very bad. <laughs> now, same time. Same but we like, obviously we like look at photos, like, oh, look at Sienna when she was so little and it's oh, so pathetic, but it's also nice because I'm like, I hate doing that when I'm back at home in Melbourne out for dinner when my kids are like 300 meters from my house. I'm like, this is pathetic. But then when you're overseas, you're like, you feel like it's kind of justified because you're further away. <laughs> you don't sound as crazy. It's my cute I never do this because I think
0: I'm almost too emotional, but I actually was going down memory lane with photos of Ray last night when he was little and even Hayden was like, oh, I miss him at that age. And I was like, fire out. But it does remind you to enjoy your time away, yes, but then value your time when you're with them. Like when I was looking at the photos last night, I was like, oh, this does go fucking quickly. So like as much as we can't enjoy every parenting moment, it does give you that moment to reflect, which obviously you're having on steroids being away from your kids to be like enjoy the time you have with
1: them because, my God, it goes quick. And if you have the opportunity to travel and you have the availability of care, particularly family care, because it's, well, I wouldn't say it's free, obviously we'll get them a good gift. But
0: yeah, this has been made
1: possible by the fact that
0: you've got family looking after the kids and your accommodation was free on the other side. So it's pretty amazing.
1: Although, you know what, one thing I have done, I did last year and I'm doing again more of this year is house swap. I know this sounds so foreign as a concept, but I've got girlfriends in Sydney, girlfriends in the Gold Coast. And so, for example, one of my girlfriends is going away in August, travelling with her family, and she's like, oh, I've got a house free in Sydney if you want to use it. And I was like, absolutely. Great. It's a great idea. Pay for my flights. I'll come up with the kids for, I don't know, four nights or something. It's a free accommodation, obviously. Of course, you buy them a gift or you do something really nice. But also it's... But if you're house swapping, you don't really have to because
0: you're both giving each other's house. I guess in that instance, you're not. We're not in this
1: instance, but like, for example, we're going away in March and a family, I mean, March, May, gosh, March would be nice. Maybe I should book another one. Um, We're going away for a couple of nights in March, in May. I keep saying that. Okay. It's a sign (laughs) from up above. I need to book holiday in May, in March. Oh my God. (laughs) um, It's very late here. I'm a bit chaotic. Yeah, true. We've got friends using our house while we're away. Makes me feel more safe. The house is occupied. And also for that person, I'm like, how nice, little Melbourne getaway. I think our house is all right. I love, what a great, what your house is great. Great spot too. What a
0: great idea. I love that. That's almost a tip within itself. Let's not go any further because we're just teasing everyone for an episode that I will record with you where I'm actually sitting down for ready or not and finding out how you are making work work. So, Loz, someone actually wrote in with a question for the first time in a while and we love the question. So thank you to this person and they want our community's help. The question is, I've been with my employers for years and I'm coming up to my return to work. My boss who has always valued and looked after me is being absolutely awful. In a nutshell, she has been treating me as though I did a terrible thing by going on mat leave and made all of their work lives hell and was being very all over the shop about the hours she was promising me. I think we've got somewhere with my hours finally, but she's behaving incredibly discriminatory towards me. I'm a bit confused as to what to do. If she's already like this, I'm worried about how flexible and understanding she'll be while I find my feet. She was terrible to me in a conversation recently, borderline abusive, all because I went on mat leave. I can't emphasize enough that I've always done right by this business. So I guess my questions for your followers and listeners are, what are my rights when it comes to what hours I should be offered if I've always been there on a permanent contract? What rights do I have if she tries to cut my hours? Has anyone else had a similar situation and how did they navigate a non-understanding and borderline abusive boss? And lastly, I would like the money and to return to paid work, but it's not life or death or a financial necessity. Should I be looking for other work slash looking at going out on my own or ride it out and see how she is when I do return properly?
1: Let's go with your answer first, Lossie. Oh, it's- that is so hard. There is nothing worse than working for somebody who you feel like doesn't appreciate you, doesn't value you, is rude to you, and then returning home to children who also (laughs) do appreciate you. But most of the time, it's not outwardly, like if you've got young kids, or even if they're older, most of the time, they're like, yeah, yeah, thanks, mom, whatever. So I think that's something to factor in. Things that come to mind for me is Could you ask for a secondment? Is there an opportunity to move to another area or work for another manager? Could you have an open and honest conversation with your boss about how you're feeling? Probably not if you feel like she's abusive. How much do you like the role? I think I would go back and just see what it's like. And then I would reevaluate and look for another job whilst in that job, if I could mentally cope with that. But if not, I'd be like, this is not worth it. It's too stressful. And if it's going to reduce your confidence, like if if she's going to beat your confidence, normally that means you're going to have more difficulty to find another job because you won't think that you're worthy. So sometimes it's better just to cut the cord and be like, I am good enough and this person is no good for me. I am not in the right team, not in the right environment. Adios. I couldn't agree with you more. My two approaches, if this was me, I would either
0: go back and see what it's like, but literally be looking for jobs second I walk in there, which is a lot of extra mental load for a mother returning to work, but unfortunately that's the way it is. Or I would just say, look, the way you spoke to me was absolutely not okay. I'm already feeling vulnerable. I've got a lot of change going on and my child is more important to me than this job. If that is the case, some people can't afford not to go back to their paid work and I would just not even enter foot. So they would be my two potential approaches depending on the exact situation these are the answers from our community read up on the fair work website about your return to work rights i think that's a really important one
1: i would say on that one if she left on a full-time basis does her work have to be flexible for her return to work arrangements yes to some degree but there's also a lot of not loopholes but structure in place for organizations that if your role is required in a full-time capacity that they don't necessarily have to grant you like part-time hours for that role so they can find ways to change your hours basically yeah of course absolutely but i feel like what she's saying though like so if she returns back to work some organizations will give you a slow return to work option so for example my last workplace offered that for the first month so you could do two days three days four days whatever suited you And obviously suited your manager but after that month you would have to have a conversation with your manager as to what your employment may look like and it was at the manager's discretion as to how that would best suit the team so if that manager says sorry loz you can't work two days a week this role is a full-time role we're not open to job sharing And we're also not open to stripping your role back and creating a new role for somebody else externally then sadly either you go back full-time or you forfeit that role and that's not a redundancy so you don't get a payment for that that's annoying that's you willingly leaving which is annoying because you don't get an entitlement spot someone else said absolutely not worth going back to a toxic environment if you don't need to i do part of me does really agree with that but i know it's not always that simple you could have caught that boss on a really bad week. She could be going through something personally. If your relationship with her previously was good, I would just wait for a little bit. You just never know. It seems unusual.
0: Yeah, I agree. Did this boss act out of line? Absolutely. But we are all human, so potentially it was just one mistake and that they will become their old selves again if they were supportive. Someone else said, talk to your union. This is exactly why unions are still so important. The second part of this person's answer was, crowdsourcing legal isn't the answer sending her the best but get the right help which I totally appreciate but I do think this person was just after others stories and others opinions so I think that's fair yeah start looking for a new job it's so unfair but you have to look after yourself someone sent a similar message leave working and mothering can be so stressful she will make it even worse imagine how she will treat you when you need days off for sick children that is one worry I have and hopefully that's not the case so I would still personally return to see what it's like but I think that's a really big point to call out, and this last person, I think this is exactly what I think: return for a period, see if issue continues. If it does, hightail out of there. Yeah, I think everyone's opinion is really valid in those answers, but I think return for a bit, see how it goes. Do not let her bash your confidence, as you say, Lozzie. Yes, and because it doesn't seem to be an absolute financial necessity, if it's not working, get the hell out of there. You owe nothing to this woman. It sounds
1: like. Mm. All right, Lozzie, we've already given a few tips. Look at us go. Let's continue (laughs) it on. Tips, Tips. I read this quote the other day. I mean, getting all sentimental while I'm overseas, just scrolling through photos of my kids and looking up quotes on Instagram. Once you click on one, you get served a thousand. But this one was (laughs) quite nice. It said, there's no such thing as quality time. All time is quality time. Sometimes the best memories are laying on the couch together eating chips. And I would absolutely attest to that. Like when I think of my favorite childhood memories, Genuinely, it's like watching Rage eating a box of Shapes at 7 a.m. before school.
0: It's all the little things. It's so true. So stop putting the pressure on to create perfect memories.
1: Nah, nah, you just don't have to. I mean, you can, it's nice, but at the end of the day, I feel like kids just, they just want the authentic you. I mean, hopefully that's a nice version. Sometimes it can be difficult to be pleasant, but if you I can, got Botox, if you can crack a well. <laughs> You, if you don't look
0: angry, you don't feel angry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true.
1: That is true. I feel far more relaxed than I did. What's yours, Lee? Mine is a bit
0: of a early two under two tip. And as I've prefaced a million times, I'm no expert. I'm in the early days. But I've heard this tip a lot and I now am adopting it on the mornings when I do need to get somewhere. And that is get yourself up earlier than your kids. Reverse
1: sleep in the night before. You don't agree with this one? I do if your kids don't get up at 5 a.m. Oh, totally. Oh, we've spoken about this before. I remember yeah. that. I feel like if they get up between 6 and 7, like eh, 15 minutes earlier, you could do it. Oh, totally. But if
0: your kid's getting up at about 7, which Ray has magically done the last few mornings, he's more of a 6, 6.30 a.m. up most of the time. But, yeah, if your kids aren't getting up obscenely early, of course, I agree with you there. And you need to get somewhere that day maybe it's taking your big kid to drop off and your newborn baby like me has to go with you or maybe it's that you need to record a podcast like we are doing and you're going to have both kids there this morning luckily hayden actually did the drop off because ray did sleep in my tip there is do the reverse sleep in that i've heard about from naomi chrysalakis who i have interviewed for ready or not yeah which is getting to bed earlier the night before Feels good even if you don't fall asleep straight away. Put on a movie, go to bed when your kids go to bed. It feels good. Sometimes you can't do it. I know you need that alone time on the couch just to relax. But when you do have a pressure-filled morning the next morning, go for the reverse sleep in the night before. Wake up half an hour before your kids to get your shower in so that you're not trying to figure out how on earth you're going to shower when you've got a newborn on the bed a toddler running around that might put bloody food in that newborn's mouth, etc., cetera, et cetera. I understand the merit of waking up earlier, getting some time in for yourself. Maybe it's just to have a coffee, but I think it is valuable in some circumstances.
1: Great tip. I'm so bad at tips. I really waffle on. Uh, no, I appreciate that. I really appreciate that. As always, if you have enjoyed listening to today's episode, please leave us a positive review and follow us on pod.